Hey everyone, this is Chelsea Schaefer. Welcome to this week's episode of The Score. Thank you all for coming back again. Um, man, it's been an awesome year in this podcast and an awesome year for y'all listening to this. We are so grateful that you spend so much time with us when you're in the truck with your family, when you're, I don't know, for me, I listen to podcasts when I'm doing the dishes, exercising horses, not really sure when y'all are listening, uh, I, but glad you are listening because our numbers are just skyrocketing team roping is thriving and i think uh we're in a pretty great spot the reason i say that uh is because we've got these two guys on this podcast today who have helped us be in this great spot they have been responsible for a lot of the growth in the rope horse market because of their um, their horsemanship their dedication to excellence and and I'm so grateful that they always seem to make time for us, make time for me on this podcast. And that is Trevor Brazil and Miles Baker. If you follow everything we do uh, at the Team Roping Journal and at Roping.com, you might be sick of them already, but I hope not. Um, because, man, we do a lot of cool stuff with these guys. Um, you know, from from instructional articles to lots and lots of videos. I just got five hours worth of footage that I need to sort through um, from two days of shooting that we did with Trevor and Miles. It's going to go live on roping.com this winter. These are just two of my favorite people to work with, and it's it's not just because they are brilliant, and it's not just because they're well-spoken. They're they're as good as it gets. They're good as, as good as gold, and we have a lot of fun in everything that we do. Um, so this episode, we're kind of catching up with them because they haven't been on the score itself in a while, and that's that's just because we've been busy using them all different directions. So we catch up if you've only listened to what we do through the score and you're not following us on Facebook and you're not following us on roping.com, then maybe you don't know how much they're doing. Uh, but uh, so that's what this episode's all about. We're gonna fill you in. We're gonna catch them up uh, or catch you all up on their rope horse futurity prep. Uh, because we are very close to the uh, to the rope horse futurity. And, you know, at the end of the episode, we do talk about what Miles has going on at his home in Mountain Park, Oklahoma. Now, I've been to the Baker Ranch. We, we shot some video there, like I said, last month. Beautiful place. Everything was top-notch. Had the horses in safe pens. Um, everything is safe until an F3 tornado rolls right through the heart of your place and destroys everything. So just 24 hours before we recorded this interview, Miles uh, and, and his wife, Daisy, their place was struck by an F3 tornado. And, uh, man, it, it did a number on it. But as they'll talk about the the way that God worked in this scenario, he did not, uh, he did not fail to protect the bakers and their horses every horse in that place was without harm and that's a that's a miracle in and of itself okay before we get too far into this episode i do want you to know as we joke about while i'm talking to miles and trevor uh, we recorded it outside of my five-year-old daughter's dance studio right after her dance class uh in between all kinds of different directions that we were running so with that said there is a five-year-old uh, who tries to be very, very quiet in the background of the whole episode. Sometimes she has an emergency that she has to speak to me about. Uh, so if you hear a little girl whispering, maybe singing some Disney songs in the background, I'm really sorry. I'm glad you all still listen to us. <laughs> I know we've had uh, lots of real-life scenarios come through this podcast over the years, so uh, it's just another one of them. So thank you all. Thanks for listening for four years, over a million listens. We so appreciate you. So enjoy this episode of The Score. 
This is Chelsea Schaefer, and this is season four of The Score. You all have listened to this podcast three quarters of a million times, and we are here in season four to bring you even more of what you love. Before we get to the interview, I do want to tell you, this episode is brought to you by Cactus Ropes. There is a reason that we're talking to Trevor and Miles right now. It's not just about the futurity. Trevor and Cactus have a new rope that Miles has also been testing. Uh, Coming out, two new ropes actually, called the Future Light and the Future All Around. So Trevor himself is going to introduce those ropes at the end of the episode. So listen the whole way through to find out the new goodies that you need in your future arsenal. Hey guys, it feels kind of weird to be doing a podcast with you because I feel like there's very little that we haven't talked about in the last few weeks, but it turns out we haven't necessarily been talking about everything on the record all the time, so now there's no secrets. That's the way we like it, Chelsea. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. All right, so you haven't been on the score, Trevor, in forever, but I think the... I think you, you don't have retired guys on there. That's because he has trouble scoring. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We don't have retired guys on there. Somebody actually, you know, so I guess the PRCA, we're recording this on Wednesday, I guess the PRCA made it secret phone calls about horses of the year today. And I was calling guys trying to figure out who won it. And I don't, I actually don't know who won the head horse of the year yet. So if you know, don't spoil it. But they said, well, Trevor probably won it from home is what, two different people said to me so i wish it was that easy <laughs> i said there was still a chance clint said he did not win it but i said there was still a chance really he- yeah man i thought that horse was really really good this year you just wanted to win horse of the year from home but- i did <laughs> no i thought that horse was cool but anyway long way to say that a lot has happened since the last time you were on the podcast and so maybe for people who aren't paying attention to our website and who aren't paying attention to our social media and your social media because there are those out there that don't live and die by Facebook they might have not know that you guys bought a stud tell me so start at the beginning with how show me the buckles came into your horse program I'll let Miles start we uh we come across the three-year-old buckskin gelding that was just super athletic and I would call him uh, stingy. He was really talented, had a lot of feel, and we liked him. And it just so happened that my wife had wanted to breathe to the stud called Show Me the Buckles. And I went home and told her that we had found one. Spoiler alert, that's the stud we bought. Yeah. (laughs) And so she was excited yeah, honestly, at the time, she just wanted to breed to him because his mane was five foot long, and I couldn't blame her. He was super good looking, but the more I rode that particular horse that we called Dagger, the more I was impressed with him himself. And then when I got a chance to ride a few more that would buy that stud, I slowly started seeing a pattern in the ability and the disposition, and it brought it made be more interested in the stud but who would have thought we would ever have the opportunity to buy him and as we were riding back up the arena one day from the strip and shoot i got a phone call and we had first option of buying the horse and the rest is history so but trevor take it from there 
Yeah, Trevor, where did you come in there? At this point, I had never seen the stud. I just like riding the geldings that we had. Wait, so you can imagine the look I gave him when he said, what's he look like? Well, <laughs> and I'm about to get to show him. My, first, my first one is, no, I'm not, gonna, I'm, I'm not even close to interested in getting in the breeding business. And they said, well, you ought to, have you ever seen him? And I'm like, no. And so I was going to stick to my guns until I saw a picture of him. And then I said, well, I guess we could try the stud business. Mm-hmm. I've never been scared of a really, really pretty horse that throws great offspring. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it, it was not an easy... Like, you guys put a lot of thought into it before you jumped in, right? Like, there was there was quite a bit of time that elapsed between that phone call and when you decided to pull the trigger. There's just a lot of, like, homework to do by a stud that's already been proven and that's already stood somewhere as opposed to going and buying a gildan. If that was a gildan, you'd look at him and be like, oh, he's super broke and he's pretty. If the money's right, I'll buy him and with the stud we we had to do the testing and make sure that everything's good and uh just it, it's more of a process you're you're really kind of buying a business more than you're buying a horse at that point mm-hmm. and you would know better than anybody because you kind of had talked to us through the process but we had never been in this business at all the breed, the breeding deal was so foreign to me for sure. Miles and Daisy had dabbled in it, but I didn't know the first thing about it. I just knew the product that we wanted to get, and that was the means to do that. And so there was a lot of a lot of research, mainly as much just on that aspect of this industry as much as it was the stud for us. Because it was like, how does how does this work? You know. Yeah, because everybody will tell you don't even touch this part of it because it's such a long process. It's it's expensive, but you know, and all that. But what they don't tell you is how rewarding it is. You know, and since we are at home riding them, we're you know starting from the start to the finish. It's just made sense to know what we were going to be raising, and so that we could duplicate the stuff that we had success on and really liked. It was, I told somebody the other day, if it was just an avenue to make money, I mean, I would, I would be up front and tell people that, but I've told Trevor that I'm, we have a handful of them. I guess every morning, the first thing I do is ride them in the colts before we start roping. And we have three of them right now that I'm riding in. I love every one of my, I enjoy riding them. And so that, that's a huge point for us because of all the colts I've rode, I truly enjoy their light from the beginning. They're trainable. They're athletic. They want to stop. They want to turn and they travel good. It's, it's, they're fun to ride. And so for me, it, Seeing the stud standing over there in stall, it gets me excited because I'm like, with all the colts I've started since I've started them, uh, that's the horse that I like starting colts by the most, and we have him standing here in our barn. So 
it is a long process, but we have weanlings, yearlings, two-year-olds, three-year-olds. Uh, Dagger is four, and we uh, it's a long process, but it's a fun process with these babies. So what? that was that that was the offspring part of our decision. But you've seen the stud; it's he's just a unique unique horse and so i was wanting to find out what it was like to show and what you know what he had done they said he had in his outs he had never won less than second and the only time that it was ever listed third it was because they split second and had to do a coin flip but uh his attributes were he was a freaky athletic i mean just a just a freak athlete and if they picked on him it could be a little bit deep in the stop and for what we do, I mean, at that point, we were like, don't threaten us with a good time because that's exactly <laughs> what we're looking for. So it just the the word they used was he was a little bit too aggressive stopping. <laughs> and I seen Trevor's face light up. So that's I, I knew we were going to have to write a check at that point. <laughs> there has, like, very long been a discussion about reining bread versus cutting bread versus, like, true cow horses i mean, i don't think you guys have settled on reigning bred horses necessarily with him like it's not like you've this is the decision maker that reigning bred horses are better but what but there are things about his training and about his offspring's ability that you really like what about that discipline is fitting well in your program all right Sorry, I'll talk because he's eating gummy bears again. <laughs> he's not even one. <laughs> hey, uh, it's a uh, it's a different. It's it's really not about discipline versus discipline. We've we've made good horses of all of that, so mm-hmm. I would say that going forward. But we had just found that the word cow has kind of evolved with these horses and. Nowadays, the cow has made them almost a little bit skittish or a little bit, uh, a little bit too watchy or scared of a cow. Too reactive, yeah. On a cow. yeah. And which serves them well in in their disciplines, but it, it it poses a challenge whether you're heading or healing on them in ours. And so, the only thing I can say about show me the buckles is when he was. 13 years old he saw his first cow and it was it was legitimately like a magnet yeah it uh it was the same kind of old school cow that everybody talked about that you just could just start loping behind cattle and start making horses i mean there was there just what it wasn't any uncertainty it was show it to him and he was going to go to him and that was just 100% 100% natural because he came out of the rain and pen. And we already knew his colts had it, but we were just experimenting to see what he was himself. And we just love riding him because he's, he is fun to ride. But uh, it's uh, it's hard to explain. So our horses aren't, you know, Miles starts all these two-year-olds, and so they're not started to be rainers. They're, they're bred, you know, Wimpy's little stuff, top so is, is how he is. And seen him crossed on you know different types of mares but they just they want to be have the attributes that we want want them to have it doesn't necessarily mean everybody gets a 
kind of a, the Rainers get a negative connotation kind of because most of them that anybody's ever rode has been rejects. I mean, honestly, I mean, if you rode reject roping horses, you wouldn't like roping horses. Yeah. You know, if there, there's so much pressure put on those horses that there's lasting damage done sometimes. And we felt like we spent a lot of time trying to get that out. And some of it came out and some of it didn't, but that's why we chose to go from the ground up with our program. It, for me, starting them, it ties in everything you want in a young horse. You want a pretty mover. You want one that wants to stop, that wants to turn around and with the it seems like with the rain and that's the stuff they're bred to do and like trevor said we've had good horses bred for all different disciplines but the the rainers they're they're just bred to move pretty and so you can you can teach them their job and they they want to go to a cow and they look good doing it it's just it's worked good for our program that it seems like they have good expression showing you can teach them to do their job and be good to rope on and at the same time they look good doing it and that that doesn't hurt at all when you're yeah showing them. hey we haven't shown anybody or posted publicly those videos of buckles have we of him with the first day you put him on cattle no we haven't <laughs> they're a little violent I don't know if it was, he was a, he was a touch aggressive, <laughs> but that's just, just, just kind of have to take our word for it. He went straight to the cow. May or may not have had a little hair in his mouth when he was done. <laughs> may or may not have lifted the cow's butt up off the ground. <laughs> it was he was pretty all there. I think there's a reason we haven't posted that because uh, anyway, we don't want to we don't want to attract any unwanted attention from any animal rights advocates. But it was it was pretty all there. Yeah. It was definitely an oh shoot moment for Miles <laughs> when my horse picked the cow up off the ground. <laughs> oh man, that yeah, those those were great. Yeah, everybody'll have to take our word for it on that. Um all right, pivoting on this subject, you've got Dagger, who is by Show Me the Buckles that will compete at the Rope Horse Futurity. And I know we've talked about this. You've got Dagger, everybody knows him because he's won uh, pretty much everywhere that he could so far. Uh, Firecracker, who's won two of the American Rope Horse Futurity Association events this year um, and won a fortune at the Futurity last year. Um, you've got Greed, who everybody knows. But there are, like, I've, I've named three right now, but there are quite a few more that people might not even realize you have that are going to be surprised, you know, that might be surprised when they see you in the first round of the Futurity Tell me about the who's who's riding what. Have you guys figured that out yet? Kind of, a little bit. Yeah, we're we, we've got it narrowed down to we we know at least four of the five horses each of us are riding. <laughs> okay, I'm riding one one of our five year olds. It's it's funny, almost said older horses because we just have four and five year olds other than Greed, mm-hmm. and he's Larry D's. But the uh, toy box is a five-year-old that I rode firecracker at probably 10 or 11 
circuit rodeos this year and made the circuit finals on him. And then I switched and started riding toy box. He's a bay that he just has some niche stuff about him that he's he can you could blindfold him and turn a cow out in the arena and he would go find it. He's just he's a beast he can run. He's a big facer and he's a he's a gamer, he's a BFI type head horse. I'm showing him and uh he's placed behind Firecracker at a couple of maturities just right there close to him and then I'm showing a four year old we call Little John that he's four and Tristan Jack caught it on him this summer. And Tristan Trevor's boy. Mm-hmm. And so that is a testament to that horse as a four year old. He's solid. I've rode him at ranch rodeos. It's been he's just a good minded four year old. And then uh, Lamb, I'm going to show another four-year-old. We call him Lambo. He's uh, not a full sibling, but he would be... He's actually a full sibling to Charlie Crawford's head horse they call Cotton. But all those horses, Greed, Cotton, Ransom, that Trevor and LD and, and Clint Summers had him, and Wyatt had him, all those horses are mm-hmm. bred similar. So I'm showing that one, and then I'm going to show a five-year-old we call Rico that come from Darren Johnson. He's a super classy. Trevor's done some good on him this year, heading on him, and I'm going to show him in the heading, and Joseph Harrison's going to show him in the heat. Were you always going to show Rico, or is that a newer development since? Yeah, no. We just wake up roll with it. I had this door like that for a while, though. Yeah. Ever since uh, the shoot at my house, I guess, when we left him there. Yeah, that's how I I had the door, so I was really excited about showing, and I woke up one day, and he was no longer in my stream either, so (laughs) it happens to both of us. (laughs) I remember, Trevor, Miles, you know, he acts like a cool guy around you, but when you left Rico at his house that day, he was so excited. He's like, I can't believe he just left Rico. (laughs) <laughs> I just thought somebody with a prettier face needed to be on that horse. <laughs> so Shada was going to ride in then? or Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Today's episode is brought to you by Cactus Ropes The Future. It is a core rope produced with Relentless, Trevor Brazil's brand. It is a four-strand, a small-diameter head rope, and a four-strand, large-diameter, and full-bodied heel rope. And it is about everything you need in all climates. It's a bright blue rope and it is sure to change the game of roping. They use the new manufacturing technology combined with a year of input from Trevor Brazil to create the future. It's got unique weight distribution that creates perfect balance throughout the rope and it has an extremely identifiable tip. It's got friendlier shelf life as an added bonus. The future comes in everything from a 32 foot super super soft the whole way to a 37 foot medium hard heel rope. So it's got a little bit of everything. It's all available at cactusropes.com at your favorite Cactus Ropes distributor, wherever that may be. Check them out and you can also call 1-800-SPIN-WIN to put in an order and tell them we sent you. Trevor, are you showing Wall Street? 
I'm either going to show Wall Street or Glory. We, that's the two we haven't decided yet. Ah, gotcha. He's waiting until the last minute to see which one's working better. I mean, you've already <laughs> you've already seen he's got he's basically got the pick of the litter, and I'm on the scrubs anyway, so I'm gonna <laughs> see. So, Glory yeah. and Big Shot, you raised both of them, so it's it's like kind of a natural fit that you're going to show them. Well, no, yes and no. Um, Miles rode Glory. Yeah. For, I mean, for forever, started her. Uh, so, I mean, he spent as much time on her back as I have, so he knows her well, so it's not a big deal for mm-hmm. him to show her at all. But Big Shot... Um, has probably had as much success as or probably more success than any four-year-old we've had all year because I've been showing him since February mm-hmm. and like Glory for instance wasn't she had cut her hoof right from her coronary band down and was out of pocket for a little while so much that we even bred her uh this spring so she had a lot of time off so she was just a little bit behind but man she's caught up that's a a good mare to be clear you bred her and pulled an embryo on her she's not carrying yes no she's not (laughs) just for anybody listening that isn't now now you're in the breeding game you can just drop things all the time i know you're kind of an expert now on breeding but to be (laughs) yeah uh, Yeah, no i'm not you just assume everybody knows everything about that baby that was before we had our stud and we bred her to a frenchman's guy so that's i'm really excited about that one too that's obviously been a producer and i'm really high on her since her history of being a full out of a full sibling to deputy the calf horse i rode at the finals for forever so I'm excited about that cross too. Yeah, I don't know what a I don't know what the genetic chances are with a Palomino and a Red Roan. Um, and I know we don't ride color around here, but it's always an exciting prospect. But that's going to be cool. If anybody does know more about breeding and and genetic crosses than us, please speak up and tell us what color baby mm-hmm. you're going to have. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, very good. So then. We did not ever talk Larry D into riding Greed, so you are going to show Greed again? Yeah, I'm still mad at her for that one. I know. She, she, be- she, she, she should have rode that horse. That horse is so good, and she did uh, such a good job with that horse. She should have shown him and taken some of the pressure off of me because when they've had that much success already, and, you know, it's, it's just more pressure on me because uh, you're supposed to do good on that horse. Yeah. He's going to be fun. Do you feel do you feel any more pressure this year because of what happened last year? Or do you actually well, we not gotta remember? we got to bring up old stuff. What are you even talking about? I know, I know. Yeah. I forgot who I was talking to. You have no memory. It's fine. It's fine. No, I don't. I mean, I mean, if I missed one on him last year, my odds are automatically better. I mean, <laughs> surely my odds of catching are better now. Yes, you'd think. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I've been at home practicing. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you have a whole nother year of practice under your belt at this point. Mm-hmm. So, um, and who's helping you guys? Did you figure that out? Miles is doing the heading for me, and Shay's doing the healing for both of us. Shay Carol. 
Cool. He's done a good job for you guys all year too. So he has. Yeah. He has, and then like like Miles said earlier, uh, Joseph came down and got his pick, and so I, I tried it out on Miles, and I stole his pick, so <laughs> I returned the favorite. There was just nobody. There was just nobody that Miles could turn to his left and do it to. So he was the last one. <laughs> he didn't get to do it to anybody. Poor Miles. They're like, here's the uh, help horse you can head for. <laughs> okay, now we've been picking on Miles a little bit, but Miles, you've had. I'm glad you're laughing still. Do you want to talk about the last 24 hours of your life? Well, uh, yeah, I will. Uh, Trev and I were headed back from Tristan's football game last night. And my wife never panics. She's the coolest, calmest person you'll ever meet. And she called me, and I could tell in her voice that she was concerned. And there was a tornado. At the time, it was 15 miles south of us, but they were predicting that it was gonna, it was coming right at us. And I'm thinking, you know, no way, 15 miles away for tornado to travel. Well, she calls, and it was three miles away, still headed on the exact same track. And so she. Uh, I told her it was it was directly southwest of her at this point. And so I, I told her to go the opposite direction and get out of there. And we had got, I can't tell the story without saying this, Trevor immediately pulled the car over and just started praying because he could tell I was concerned because obviously I'm two and a half hours away from my wife and all the horses that Trevor and I have in Oklahoma right now. And right now we just have maturity horses here. So honestly, the majority of the herd is up there in Oklahoma. And so I'm concerned. And we pull the car over and start praying. And I think that we get a report that the tornado missed us. And somebody told us that the storm chasers were on the hill there at, the, at our house and watched it go by on the hill. Well, turns out they were on the hill up above our house, and it went directly through us. And so, Daisy, my wife, thought that everything was okay, and she got home, and our place had just been wiped out. Uh, three barns, the house, everything involved. It. And I don't mean wiped out, like it's not leveled, but just the bones are left like the frames of the barns that ripped the roof off of everything. I mean, it was, I got home as fast as I could and it was devastating because I've lived at that place since I was four years old. And when my parents moved, I, I've, I've lived at that place my whole life and I built on it. I built horse barns on it and it's home to me. And when I pulled in, Last night, it was a feeling that I had never felt before. And I caught myself today just like that really happened. And so it's been pretty surreal the last 24 hours. I I was out there. It was about 2 o'clock last night. My dad, he came out there and was just sorting through things with me. And he said, you need to get back to Texas. And I looked at him like he was crazy. 
And I was like, what are you talking about? Or to put it blunt, like everything is on the ground scattered. There's nothing left. There's horses that don't have pins to stand in. And I'm like, my life just crumbled. And he's like, you got to get to Texas. You've worked all year long to get these horses ready for the maturity. You're 10 days away. He said, you go down there and finish what y'all started. And all this stuff will still be here when you get back. And so I got the pickup at 2.30 last night. And I was back down here at 5 o'clock this morning riding colts. And I'm going to stick to the script. And we plan on going and winning the maturity. I go to the circuit finals the next three days. I'm going to ride one of Trevor and Shadow's horses. They call Mohawk and save our young horses for the futurity next week. And so I'm down here focused on that. And whenever this is all over, I'm going to go home and pick up the pieces and rebuild because Oklahoma is a big part of our training program. There's 10,000 acres of grass up there and mama cows that need taken care of and doctored and and that's a big part of our program and so it's important for me and Trevor you know to go back and make sure that we get everything fixed back up there so that's the plan and I think what I mean it was shocking and I can't tell you how many people called me today after yeah, I guess just because they know we know each other or whatever, and we shared that post that, that you had put up on Facebook, the guys in the top 15 were calling asking about it, and I mean, those videos were amazing, but they didn't even show how much damage was done and how many horses were not hurt. Like, that's it just blows my mind how everything came out unscathed. Like Yeah, so it... Uh... To put it into perspective, if you're listening to this, you can go look at the pictures. But there was three horse. There's three different barns horses were in. One is a it's a six stall barn. They're like twelve by thirty five foot runs that are covered. That barn is completely gone, or at least seventy five percent of that barn is completely gone. And those pens are filled with tin and. Though all the pipes were drove three foot deep in concrete and it pulled those pipes that make the pins up out of the ground and shifted all the pins. And then in the back, there's eight pins that are 18 by 20s and they're completely covered. There's no roof on them. They're all tweaked and bent. There's a stock trailer laying up against one of the pins and the roofs caved down in it. And then the other barn on the, there's the south side of the barn fell over into the pens where there was a horse. So it, that, that came into when Trevor pulled the car over because the pictures that I seen before I got home, I, I didn't even ask him about the horses. Trevor, that was the first thing Trevor was like, Hey, how's the horses? I'm like, I'm an hour away. I don't want to know till I get there because we're going to be picking up bodies, you know, and I just wanted to get there and see it for myself instead of hear about it. And I get there and our two year old slick by design stud Colt has a 16 foot half top trailer 
leaned up in his pen in a caved-in roof over him, and he can't go five foot each direction, and he's sitting there eating his alfalfa like nothing in the world happened. And I'm like, how in the world do these pens end up with ten? There was ten in, in like, barn doors a half a mile down the road from where they're supposed to be, and these pens are filled with tin and debris and creosote quarter rounds and everything else, and there wasn't a single scratch on any horse out there, and there was probably in those pens 12 or 15 head of horses that went completely untouched. And so I know this is a team roping journal, but that if that's not power and prayer, then I don't know what is because that's specifically what we prayed for was, you know, to place the edge of protection over those horses. And it was just devastating to look around. And then you look around and these horses are just hanging out like, Man, that was wild. It was literally what they looked like. They were just eating and hanging out like nothing happened. And it was, it was pretty amazing in a, in a really bad time to see those horses completely unbothered was really peaceful to somebody like me that just lives for horses, you know? Yeah, I think that was just the right level of excitement for jukebox it was probably just a big fun game for him all the <laughs> stuff flying around give him more things to chew on in his pen <laughs> yeah he is he was the only one that had any kind of effect at all from the deal and i think the sand was blowing so hard in the pins that his eyes were a little puffy and that was, that was good for him. I'm exactly. glad he got the short end of the stick on that deal. He needs that every once in a while. Yeah, if there, there was anyone that, that had it coming, it was Jukebox. So it's, it's yep. good. <laughs> um, yep. Well, I am so glad. I Man, I I was up half the night. Once I got your videos and your, and your text, I couldn't believe it. I just... I was amazed. I was just in awe of how... How grateful that we all should be for that. Because that was just amazing. Um, all right. Now, I told you guys I was recording this after Elisa's dance class. She is doing her very best to be the best quiet girl. But before we go, because <laughs> I am going to let let her survive this because she's about the best five-year-old I've ever seen. Um, but, Te Trevor, tell me about the future arsenal because that is the big thing right now with Cactus Robes, and you've got a lot of stuff coming out with that. I'm going to clear the record for our prayer requests right quick, too, because uh, the people were involved, too, not just the horses. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor wasn't just thinking about the horses, just so you all know, if you are listening from Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, <laughs> please, Lord, please protect all the horses that I'm part of. <laughs> no, <sir>. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, the future arsenal. Man, that... I know that sounds confusing. They're like, why don't they just make a new rope? Uh, but there's just something about when you get that <laughs> that blend that works that well. I love that rope. That's our best seller by far. Uh, we make some great ropes, but for the, there's some kind of that's a that very outdated itself on that blend. And so you may have to run get your pen and paper, folks. But we started with the future head rope then we came with the future heel rope then 
the future light heel rope. And now we've got what we call the future all around, which is kind of what Miles uses every day. It's basically, it fits the needs that those first three ropes didn't fit. Um, my go-to heel rope is the future light. Miles uses this future all around, which is basically a ranch rope, a really light heel rope, or a 35 foot head rope. I mean, it covers all those bases. And so when kids are starting their journey in team roping, uh, this is the heel rope I think they need to pick up. It's called the future all around. It's basically a 35 foot future head rope, uh, for the guys that like to reach and don't feel like 32 foot serves them well enough. But this is the kind of rope that me and Miles will grab one in the morning and whether we're heading or healing, just never switch ropes all day. And it just, it just filled, filled the void that I think was needed to just have a real well-rounded selection for everything future. Perfect. And it's got some rank pictures that we took of it. So everybody can look in the Cactus Ropes ad and there's lots of Are you of cool trying things. to get photo credits already? <laughs> yes. You guys pay I'll me. Make, the... I'll make sure we give you photo credits. Pay but me. yeah, no, it is. It's, it's one of those ropes that we might have made for us. And I'm just like, there's too many people. Like it just has too many bullet points to list under it. Like, yeah. So many girls and the all girls love the light, light feel of it, like a medium soft feature all around to heal with. Mm-hmm. Same thing uh, for kids learning to. It's it's really hard for a lot of people to get in time with a big heel rope when they're not used to swinging it, or their arms might not be as strong. And it's just easy. That's I think that's why Miles likes it. I was going to say, it's probably great for old men with bad shoulders and bad elbows that used to try to calf rope. <laughs> retired guys. Yeah, old, old retired guys who thought they had a calf roping career at one point that yeah, made something exactly. like swing. <laughs> All right, guys, I am going to go because my kid was just the best behaved five-year-old and she would really like to get out of this car that we've been sitting in in front of her dance class. So, <laughs> thank you Miles, I appreciate it. I know your day was absolutely hectic, and you're probably so dead tired, so thank you. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for making Trevor sit down and and do this. I know he's not easy. I've really been wanting to do this, Chelsea. That's not true. I know that's (laughs) not true. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, Lise. Say bye, Trevor. She's on her. She's not allowed to talk. Oh, okay, okay. I'll, I'll go for that. Okay, bye. Hey, remember this episode is brought to you by Cactus Ropes. That's cactusropes.com, 1-800-SPIN-WIN. That's how you can put your order in for the future arsenal. The whole lot of those ropes coming out. Um, Make sure you call them, tell them that you heard from us, that there are new futures that you need in your rope bag, in your trailer, in your tack room, ready to go for all kinds of different scenarios. We're so glad you're here. We are so grateful for Cactus Ropes. We are so grateful for Trevor and Miles giving us the time on the score today.